Hi, this is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and you're listening to New Pod World Order. Stay tuned. New Pod World Order. This is madness. This time you have gone too far. Stay in Wonderland. Danger, Robinson. Danger. We're doomed. Good evening, hosts, droids, and replicants, and welcome to another episode of the Robot Dinner Party. Have a seat, grab a libation, and enjoy yourselves. I'm drinking some Strawberry Blonde by Arbor Brewing Company, and as the name suggests, it's got a hint of strawberry flavor to it. It's a lot better than I initially thought it was going to be. I thought, you know, it's going to have some sort of chemical flavor or whatnot to it. No, it tastes nice and natural. Perfect beer for summer. It's definitely becoming one of, uh my favorite lighter beers to drink. Now, it's been quite a while since my previous episode back in January. All those New Year's resolutions, and not doing so well on those, especially on the workout front. But you know, this week I got back to the gym. I'm back in the podcasting saddle. And fuck it, who needs New Year's resolutions in the middle of June anyway? Now, the time since the last podcast, both a lot and nothing at all have happened. Back in May, I turned 39. And for the first time, I feel every bit as old as I am. You know, I used to think in my own head that I felt like I was in my early to mid-twenties all the time. Of course, time catches up with you. And I don't remember exactly what it was, but there were a couple things that kind of forced me to be like, Hey, you're not at all as young as you think you are in your head. And I think that one of those things was going back to a town that I grew up in. I visited a couple places. And you know, when you think about your childhood memories and that golden glow of your early years, you know, everything's perfect in those memories. But if you actually get a chance to go back to some place you haven't been in, you know, 30 years, and to see how different it is, it makes you realize, whoa. Like all of a sudden, the entirety of those 30 years in between catch up with you. It's just kind of a weird feeling, I don't know how to explain it, but, I mean, ultimately it changes nothing. All you can ever do is live life one day at a time. And this weekend, what did I do? I worked a little bit, I went to an Asian festival, which was kind of alright. Last year was a little bit more fun, this year was kind of overcast, um, didn't have the same people there to enjoy the festival with. But, you know, it keeps on growing, I'm really glad that the Asian festival is here in my city, The weekend before, we had gone to a festival of the arts, and I kid you not, every single one of the food booths was run by a church of some sort. There had to have been maybe 15, 20 art booths, max. But again, it was just good to be outside, walking around downtown, getting a little bit of a different perspective on the city than you usually do. Grab some boba tea, grab a couple bites to eat, and just enjoy being outside. And it's good that we were able to get outside at all yesterday, because this weekend has been very overcast, a lot of rain in general. 
It was kind of a weird start to the summer compared to last year. Like last year, we were always go, 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 hitting up the farmer's market from the first weekend that it opened, hitting up the beach from the time June started. This year, we haven't been to the farmer's market yet, haven't been to the beach yet, and it's still not all that warm out. Or rather, I should say it's not all that hot out. It actually is warm. It's kind of a perfect temperature. It's just that it hasn't gotten hot enough to go to the beach and warm the water up and everything. But as soon as it does heat up, we're going to take advantage of every bit of summer that we can. I just know it. Haven't been as into photography this year. Um, I've been a little too obsessed with the equipment of cameras. I've gotten another digital camera. I've gotten two film cameras this year. It's getting a little bit ridiculous, and I need to scale back a little bit, I think, and just get back to having fun with taking pictures and just, you know, grabbing whatever I can come up with. Let's see. The NBA Finals are over, and actually the NBA playoffs have been kind of a, a highlight for me the last few years here. I'm kind of enjoying the NBA a little bit more than NFL towards the end of the the season. To me, you know, it just feels a little bit more fun, feels like, whereas the NFL, they've become the no-fun league. Uh, there's always something interesting to pay attention to with the storylines in basketball. Of course, right now, the big one is free agency, where LeBron James is going to go next, or if he's actually going to stay in Cleveland. You know, I was really happy that the Golden State Warriors did uh, LeBron a favor by sweeping the Cavs out of the finals. We all knew that the real finals were the Warriors and Rockets to begin with. Now the big thing is, where is LeBron going to go? And there, there are a few potential destinations. Obviously, he could stay in Cleveland. He could somehow possibly find a way to join the Golden State Warriors himself. At least that's what I've heard. Uh, you know, he could join the Spurs. He could join uh, the Celtics or the Lakers or the 76ers. My money would probably be on either LeBron joining the 76ers, taking on a bit of uh, the vacant uh, GM role himself like he did in Cleveland, or heading out to L.A. where we know he's got a big mansion and uh, we know he likes to play some uh, hoops out there during the summer. Now, where would I like to see LeBron land? Well, I've never liked Cleveland. I didn't like Miami when he was there. Uh, I certainly wouldn't mind if he joins the 76ers. I've, I've really come to start liking that team, especially with Joel Embiid. Um, I'd like to see him end up with the Lakers, possibly. I think that as long as he came to L.A. with, you know, one or two other superstars, then they could potentially make a, a run at the Golden State Warriors or the Rockets in the West. But the sure thing for him is still going to be in the East, or even if it's not a sure thing, it's going to be an easier path in the East. Um, one thing to keep in mind with those Celtics is that they made it to the conference finals without Gordon Hayward, without uh, Kyrie Irving. So actually, if he was going to join up with a team in the East, it seems like the Celtics would be a pretty fantastic choice, with the exception that, you know, Kyrie kind of forced his way out of Cleveland, ostensibly because of LeBron, unless, you know, there are certain conspiracy theories out there that LeBron actually helped him get out of Cleveland, but I, I don't think I buy into those. I think, um, I think talent-wise, the Celtics would be a great choice, but not necessarily with locker room dynamics. So if he's going to be in the East, it's probably going to be the 76ers. And there have been certain rumors out there that he had been looking at schools, but in Philly, that is. But, uh, but uh, you know, I believe LeBron that he you know, really isn't going to truly get into thinking about what his destination is until... Um, well, now is the time to do it. Again, I'd like to see him on the 76ers 
or the Lakers, but he always seems to end up someplace that I hate, so I'm sure he'll end up staying in Cleveland. <laughs> TV-wise, I've been only into one show recently, that's HBO's Westworld. If you don't know, now you know. That's that TV show where they've got uh, humanoid robots that have been programmed to be basically the same as humans. They look and act like humans, um, and over the course of the show, they actually learn to take control of their own intelligence and develop their own sentience and become more and more like real humans. And so, you know, back before Westworld, uh, movies like Blade Runner or the Alien movies, where Ridley Scott would bring up these questions of, you know, what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be a robot with human-like intelligence? And, you know, what are the differences and similarities there? You know, I really had a craving for him to go more than surface level and really start exploring what that's like. Uh, and with Westworld, I think this really is a deep exploration of what artificial intelligence is versus humanity uh, that I had so desperately wanted after Blade Runner and Alien movies. It's just an incredible, incredible show. I'm a couple episodes behind on the current season, but I'll be catching up on those shortly, maybe going into a little bit more detail in a future episode, really catch up on where Westworld is at. And if you have HBO and you haven't checked it out, you really should. Especially if you're listening to a podcast called Robot Dinner Party. Movie-wise, there's a bunch of them out that I really still need to see. On video, I caught up on Thor Ragnarok, which is hilarious and awesome in all sorts of different ways. But, you know, in the theaters with this new Avengers Infinity War, which I'm sure everybody has seen by now, you know, it started off, I had zero interest in Thanos because I didn't really know anything about him. He didn't seem like an interesting character. Didn't have a whole lot of interest in uh, the Infinity War seems like it's just going to be too jam-packed with characters. But i got to tell you, it's my favorite Avengers movie so far. I really love Thanos as a villain. He's really, in even though he's psycho crazy, uh, he's incredibly interesting. Uh, really kind of makes you think a little bit philosophically. I mean, obviously he's an evil character. Uh, so there's nothing to question on, you know, whose side you're on. But he does make you think a little bit more than your average comic book villain in a movie. Sure beats the hell out of uh, what's been going on in the DC movies in terms of villains. And yeah, it had a pretty sad ending, but I had uh, read up about some of the, the stuff that goes on at the end of it before I'd seen it, so that, that kind of dampened the effect on me. And I know that, you know, it's comic books that are... These characters are going to come back in some way, shape, or form at some point. I mean, it's not like Spider-Man's going to miss the debut of his uh, sequel movie here coming up in July. You know what I mean? And in case anybody was wondering, the sequel to Avengers Infinity War, which is... I don't know if it's called Avengers 4 or what it's called, but it's coming a year from now, next May. Before that, in March of 2019, we're getting the Captain Marvel movie. Captain Marvel, a.k.a. Carol Danvers. And of course, it was at the very end post credit scene where you see uh, Nick Fury putting a call out to Captain Marvel through some sort of pager-like device. Now, Captain Marvel herself, played by Brie Larson, um, I think that's a pretty good choice. I've really enjoyed Captain Marvel comic books. I think she's a great superhero to introduce to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I wish they would have worked her in somehow into Avengers Infinity War, but I kind of see how they're setting it up now. They're going to really let people get to know her character uh, through her own standalone movie before the next Avengers come out. 
she'll be involved on the next Avengers somehow, I'm sure. Now, some people who listen to this podcast know that I used to write for a website called Pop Culture Crunch. That website's now defunct, but it was a lot of fun while it lasted. I had a pretty big break from writing for a while. You know, it's not anything I've ever done professionally, it's just a hobby, so the urge to write comes and goes, you know. Anyway, I've got this buddy who started up this website called SlipperyJimComey.com. Now, I'm pretty big into politics, and it is a political website, but it's not really into straight politics. It's into comedy and satire. And basically, we just write whatever the heck we feel like writing. So, like, one of my articles is a Canadian Sasquatch takes on American politics. Obviously, that's a bit out there and not going to be your typical political post. So, you might want to check it out, slipperyjimcomey.com. As long as I'm dropping URLs, check out the New Pod World Order website. That being newpodworldorder.com. So, yeah, check it out. Now, this talk of creative outlets brings me to the biggest news of this past weekend. That being the passing of Anthony Bourdain. Now, a lot of people have had a lot to say about it, and if you didn't pay much attention to him, or you don't want to be sad, or you just feel like, you know, turning off the podcast now, that's fine. But, you know, all podcasts again, allegedly. You know, hopefully more than six months in between podcasts this time, but I'm just giving everybody fair warning in case you want to just turn the podcast off now and check back in next time. It's about to get a little bit you know, more serious. Anthony Bourdain is dead. The last glowing ember of his life supernova snuffed out by his own hand. The news about Kate Spade saddened me. With Anthony Bourdain, it was personal. I woke up one happy Friday with a positive outlook because I woke up early enough to put some extra hours in. When I checked Facebook briefly before heading into work, The news that Bourdain had died sent my head spinning, and it hasn't stopped. I didn't know him personally, but the extent to which he became a hero of mine made him feel like family. Like a cousin or an uncle, and I know I'm not the only one. What Anthony Bourdain did in bringing the world to our living room inspired us all. I looked to him as the embodiment of all I wish I could accomplish, knowing that in reality, I can only dream of doing what he did as a traveler and a wordsmith. When he died, the way he died, it wrenched my heart and I felt like a part of my spirit died with him. And this to say nothing of the devastating hole left in the lives of those who were truly close to him. The loss of Tony stirred memories of the near loss of someone extraordinarily close to me last year, and it set off a series of alternate reality contemplations that are too painful to imagine. And certainly something I don't want to get into here. Just know that I cannot be more grateful that this person was spared so that I don't have to know the devastating heartbreak that Tony's loved ones must go through now. Instead, their radiant life continues to enrich the entire world around them. It's easy to say get help or post the National Suicide Hotline number 1-800-273-8255 for those who need it and hope you've done your part. Actually, that's more than a lot of people would dare lift a finger for. And you very much should seek help if you feel even the faintest hint that you don't think you can find it within you to go on living anymore. In fact, I implore you to do so. Just forget about literally everything else and do it. Whether you feel like it or not, you're an incredibly important individual. And even if you've done some heinous shit in your life, I don't care. 
We need you around. Your family needs you. And even if you feel suffocatingly alone, reach out. Just do it. But there's another side to suicide prevention as well, and it falls on all of us. Those of us who suffer from depression or anxiety can't help what our bodies and brains are doing to us. More than being your own worst critic, a combination of physical and mental processes shut down synapses in the brain. The body refuses to fully recharge on a full night of sleep, and there's something functionally and very seriously wrong when one suffers from depression. For some, it lasts weeks or months. For others, it comes and goes over decades. That torturous demon seeks to destroy from within, even when the individual is outwardly happy, productive, and even an inspiration to others. Some who are close to taking their own life view calling a phone number an exercise in futility. For so many reasons, it falls on all of us to check up on each other to really reach out sincerely and make sure beyond all reasonable doubt that every person that you care about even tangentially as another member of the human species knows how valuable they are and that they can reach out to you in their darkest hour. And if you can't summon enough empathy or patience for that, that you'll at least be a life-saving link between that person and the help they need. It falls on all of us as exclusive members of a species spinning on an insignificant blue orb to watch out for each other. We all need to be more present in the preciousness of each moment. We all need to do better. Now is the time to strip away all but that which is most important to you. Delight in every morsel of food. Cherish every moment with those you love. Go hard as a motherfucker towards that new hobby, job, or career that you think you could only dream of. Our lives are already perilously short and the loss of a visionary only intensifies the sense of urgency. It won't always be easy, but know that your life is yours, and that it is infinitely valuable. Live it accordingly.